podcast we uh will get right into it so how have you guys been we've been, been all right it's been a week i've been listening to steampunk giraffe like, you really got hooked on dude, that dude i'm so hooked their um uh album two cent show is phenomenal did joe mention them on the air or off the yeah air? he yeah, did I on talked the about air. how he hooked them uh i've been going into the steampunk genre which has a subset of british R&B, I guess. It's guys rapping about tea and crumpets. It's the weirdest... That sounds up my alley. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, but it's awesome. Interesting. I, I, I could get on board with this. Yeah, no, steampunk... Well, I, I kind of support the whole steam... I like the aesthetic of steampunk, steampunk in general. Me too. Uh, the visuals, at least. I'm not sure I've ever really heard the music. It's you have. Remember Painless Parker? Who opened for the uh, Wasties when we went to the Waste Station? Oh, yes. He played the little uke and the guitar. I would, I would not have thought of that as steampunk at the time. Steampunk is... Very fo- is that was very folky. Steampunk is image more okay. than the music sometimes. Well, no, no he, said, he said it right. Folk is, a, is the basis of steampunk in a lot of areas. Steampunk, though, isn't quite as uniform a sound. Then as, the name is very misleading in that case. It's more of a... It's an aesthetic. Yes. It's That's, an aesthetic. I just said that. <laughs> Yeah, but we weren't listening. Uh, it's, That's just typical. It's the idea of singing about being a robot or steam-powered automatons. It's not only That's about that. True, and there's also going to be a lot of sound effects associated with it. And there's a lot of political it. stuff, too. Yeah, but it's... it's it is about a the visual. movement. It's a modern take. It's it's a modernist take, is what it is. Yes, but not postmodernist. It's just modernist. It's like actual artists doing the robots at Chuck E. Cheese. I'll buy that. What? Yes. We talked about this last week. The automatons. 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 That was the sound of me doing a facepalm. Anyway. um, (laughs) Always pantomiming. I swear. (laughs) Always. Um, I've actually... That one had sound, so... It did. There's a basis. Yes, that's true. Uh, You mean better than yours. Well, I don't want mine on air. (laughs) I pantomime... You you prefer yours to be pointless. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what he just said. <laughs> if I was talking to the listenership, I would be speaking. When I'm just talking and miming at you guys, it's going to be visual cues as opposed to auditory cues. Even though they're completely pointless. <laughs> I'm giving Steve a very pointed... A very pointless finger right now. <laughs> um, it's a very specific visual cue, yet well known in Americana. Since uh, since last week, I've been listening to a lot, a lot more of... Uh, Walk off the earth. Um, they've actually been a great coping mechanism for uh, the breakup was, I went through last week. So I, that's I thought really it was helped. a walk of the earth. No, walk off the earth. Because every time I look them up on YouTube, it's OF. Is it? Maybe then it's walk of the earth? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, off. It's it off. is off. It's I thought off. so. Then most of their stuff is under the wrong name. It's uh, possible. Yeah, the internet is stupid. Yeah. There's that. There's definitely that. There's that. I'm going with that. Got that going. Yeah. But, Which um, is nice. 
Catch but yeah, it. so that walk off the earth has been a great coping mechanism for me, and I I, I really got hooked on the uh, backing up song. I don't know what what about it, but it's just kind of got one of those kind of catchy beats, and I really like it. It was the one that was the rude boy reggae kind of old like oh, the like yeah, ska it's song. Reggae. Well, it was ska. It's yes. ska roots of ska. Oh. But so how are you going to dislike it? It's Whoa. Ska is in and of itself a beady, catchy yeah. tune. Yeah. That's that's why it hooked me. So you're saying you like it for what it is? Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Our With the words. to overcomplicate things is really astounding sometimes. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I find your ability to state the obvious to be obtrusively... What's, what's the word? Obtrusively... Obtuse? Pointed. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I haven't had a compliment like that in weeks. Thank you. That was a compliment? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess let's uh, get down to brass tacks, as they say. <laughs> Nobody says that. I say that. Do you? Yeah. A lot. I say, actually, I say that a lot, too, actually. Okay. I don't. But anyway. Um, well, welcome. <laughs> the day that we thought would never come. The day. No, no, no. The day that we hoped would, would never, never come. come. The day, the day, that day long where we have an album that's so dreaded that nobody wants to pick it. So it's nobody's pick this week. We're just doing it for the sake of wrapping up uh, Green Day's third installment in the trilogy of Awful Trey. With yeah. the picture you know, of Trey Cole. We haven't really noted that yet. Uno, dos. Trey, because, because the drummer's name is Trey Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's silly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I actually concur. His face is the one on the album. Mark. Yeah, on the third one. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, this album, I mean, we could probably sum it up in a few words and move on, but for the sake of it's being consistent. Going, no, no, no. Remember, Uno to Dose was uphill. I feel this one was also an uphill step. I completely disagree. Ditto. I didn't. I like Dose less than Uno. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say, roughly same. Although, well, the discrepancy, the details of which are going to be later embellished. But as a whole, I don't see anything here that really stands. There's just one song. There's one song that I feel is really an uphill step. That's not the same as an album being an uphill step. Very different. Yeah, the, I don't know if we should do a track by track review. Uh, oh, that's, no, seriously, no, you cannot cop out because on that. there's only about four or five good points I want to point out, and everything else I just have one thing to say. We'll make some generic. General. I I'm pretty co- I agree. I, I'm pretty confident Steve has plenty to say. Yeah, I th- well, you're just gonna badmouth this entire album over and over and over again, and say the same things over and over and over again. Um, it depends. Some things, yes, but let's put it this way: generic really does sum up a lot of what's yes, here. Yes, I concur. Um, it's 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 punk. What can I say? Again, I'm not it's going to badmouth. It's barely even punk. Um, it's punk pop. Yeah, it's not punk. It's punk pop. But back in the '90s, this was not pop. Back in the '90s, this would have been considered more towards the pop side of punk. Yeah. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight, right, ninety-nine. Yeah. Green yeah. Day was never really underground or anything close to it. Our earlier stuff, very early been, stuff, would have been considered an operation. Like how Ivy, early, right? how early? First album, second yeah. album. We're talking eighties. Yeah. Kerplunk and Thirty Nine Smooth, something or other. The really long title that I. I never mean, it, it's not. The thing is, when I think of their their um, their immature stage as artists, I think of them as not really you know, trying to fight the power from from beneath the uh what would you call it from under the under the under the radar 
I, I would say that they're more of just a high school band trying to have fun. And I feel like they never really got out of that. They just got popularized for it, and that's what people have continued going back to them for. Wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah, they did get out of it for a brief time. Um, I would say, well, American I have not Idiot, listened to 21st, 21st Century Breakdown. Yeah. Which I is, might say American Idiot. And if since you haven't listened to 21st Century, I think you should listen to that just to get this distaste out of your mouth. <laughs> even, even, uh, even American Idiot, it's just for like another generation of high school in some ways. Yes, they make some points, but that it's there's no messages it's, in there that a high schooler can't understand. Because they're not writing to adults. Uh, that's that's another thing that's you got to remember. No, 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 but it's they're trying to speak to the youth. And all of their music has always been youth-oriented. Yes. No matter how old they are, what album it is, it has not been towards adults. I'll, I'll, I'll concede there that there's some honesty in that regard. To, to be fair, though, the conflicted message in this trilogy, I think, is apparent by the conflicted generation it represents. Because this generation isn't very defined in their likes, dislikes. It's, you know, it's it's the age of hipsters and irony. And so, Green A's writing right, albums... but American Idiot was a little before that. No, yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about current kids and this trilogy. The reason right. that I think the trilogy might be so conflicting with itself and so kind of scatterbrained and no theme and terrible... Because it doesn't seem like it's meant for today's audience at all. Right. I completely understand that. I mean, you're right. It, I guess people really are looking for a certain dose of irony in their music, if they're going to take a certain route. I don't see the irony here. Oh, there's none. Irony is a, not the thing you should be going for in music anyway. No, no I not going to be going for... But it is, it is a... As long as there's some meaning behind it. Irony for the sake of irony, sure. That, that's pointless. Irony with meaning is satire. Yes. Yeah. And satire is a solid, solid platform right. to write and music for. And I don't for. get any satire here. No. That no, no. I will agree with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, this, it's, um... All right, let's. We're gonna, okay, we're gonna do. We're gonna do them in bulk, because yeah. I I have three things to say about the first three tracks. Good intros, go nowhere, weak lyrics. And I'm gonna take that. Oh, this is actually not a bad route to go about this. I'm gonna take that and say that only Eighth Avenue Serenade had the good intro. I was really not drawn into Brutal Love or Missing You at all. Me I like the lullaby style intro of Brutal Love. It gave me hope. Well, but then they went nowhere with it. It was a it was a very 1950s track. This yes. was 1950s rock and roll. This was very just. Uh, that's why maybe there's a dose of irony there, even though it's kind of. I loose. don't even think it was meant to be ironic. No, I mean though. just the fact that it's almost high school of a different era, like a different era than even Green Day is from. This is before oh, yeah. Sadie Hawkins was a type of dance. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a dance hall of the 50s. Everyone's in, in skirts that go below the knee. This should have been in Back to oh, the Future. Oh, those hot ankles. Oh. Mm, those ankles. Oh, come on. This is not the 1850s. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, brutal, <laughs> brutal Love, I wrote down passe lyrics and tunes. And brutal I think Love that was best boring, it. uninspired, unoriginal. Whooping out the thesaurus. <laughs> it's... It, no, problem? no, these aren't the source words. These are standard words when describing Green Day nowadays. Oh. That's true. Hey, that missing you. you, missing you, felt like it was straight out of uh, the first American Pie movie, which was while well, I loved a it a long at, time ago. Yeah, I loved it when it first came out because I was See, still but, in high school. But, but back then, a band did it better. Blink, who were actually on the album, Mutt is a way better song than this song. Yeah, Blink as a whole is a much better band than Green Day. Oh, bite your tongue. 
Um, no, not true. No. Um, they John, are. They neighborhoods so versus this entire trilogy combined. Neighborhood blows this out of the water. Yeah, but Dookie, Nimrod, American Pie, and Twenty First Cent, American Idiot, and Twenty uh, First Century are individually better than any single album by Green, by uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, All four of them are better than anything by Green, Blink. I suppose I can't speak to that, having not heard full albums. But um, I'm just saying that the quality, but the quality they, of individual songs—they may songs, be more talented, but they're not using it. No, they're not using it. No. No. You tell me the Green Day might be more talented, but they're not. No, they are. They, well, all right. You know what? I'm going to buy that because of the one shining moment of this album, and because we're not really doing this in order, so to speak. I can say that now. Much, much later. The only thing that's really going to drastically differ from most of these tracks is Dirty Rotten Bastards track 10. Which was amazing. It was, it was. a phenomenal okay. track. And it does actually show that there is some musical talent there. They are pretty good soloists, even though I'm fairly confident most of it was written. You know, I'm not sure it was really a solo. A lot of those breakdowns were probably verbatim. And it had it had one thing I've been harping on uh, uh, quite a bit over the last like few months, which is tempo transitions. I'm not a fan of tempo transitions, except and I am. except Dirty Rotten Bastards did it beautifully. But see now you see Incredible why I like blends. It. I don't understand. I don't understand why you. Well, the thing is, it's not a matter of black and white. Tempo transitions can be done well, and they can be done poorly. Sometimes they can sound divorced from the track. Other times. They can function in more of a progressive style. Here it was, but I wouldn't quite say progressive. I would say variations on a theme, and it was five different transitions. Yes, five, five different variations, and it was of the same them, riff. And, and over that, it's like five different songs. And uh, Matt said, and he put the words right in my mouth. It didn't get yeah, boring. It, it did not get boring. Oh yeah, it yeah was no. a six-minute song. I was. That I enjoyed the the entire time. The whole time. Because Green Day did this did this thing in the song that they used to do all the time. It's called Be Entertaining. Yes. And and that's like my thing about Green Day is talent aside, talent or not, they were always to me entertaining. Every album entertained me. I enjoyed it. But I'm gonna pull it back a little bit because this is track ten we're talking about here, and you just said a six minute track that does not get boring. And this is following at least 30 Five, minutes of boring. Tracks, three minute tracks that did get boring. Yeah. It's astounding to me that someone could do that. If you're going to write a formulated, tra- a formulated track, you better have a really solid course. Something that's going to stick with people. You know, a, a good single style track. And all of them were just, just plain. You know, I've forgotten what most of them sound like, except for Drama Queen, because of the lyrics, made me remember the rest of the song. Yeah, and that was a little, the tempo was even a little bit slower yeah. on that. But a lot of the others had the same exact tempo. They followed in the vein of Missing You, the very second track, which was just eighth notes. Eighth notes, the consistently. Whole I mean, I'm sorry, but that's... If you want to prove to someone who is a naysayer of punk, uh, or not a big fan, like me, perhaps, if you want to prove to them that punk is, is more than... The general don't just go. I can't stand that on end. It doesn't really leave me with anything. It's like a dumbed down Pixies. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, the Pixies took actually in other directions. They were quirky. Six, seven, eight. Quirky's the word. Sex, drugs, and violence. Little boy named Train. Amanda. I I was struggling on my own, listening in headphones, plugged into my ear, eyes closed, no distractions, to pay attention to these songs. Rather than single something out for its merit, I'm going to single something out for 
for how truly bad it was, I'm sorry, but I hated sex, drugs, and violence. I thought that that was the epitome of generic. I have no the notes. Epitome, the utter epitome of it. The first time I heard the chorus, I liked it. And then every subsequent time, it got worse. Because I pointed it out to you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking on my own. Just, just... Sex, drugs, and violence. English, math, and science. I liked the... I, it was I nice. That. It was that wit the first time, and then the wit was gone. It had... Because it was shallow. It was like a middle school song. Yeah. Forget yeah. high school. I mean, this was... This was like a... a, a Garage band who just wants to be in a band because it's fun and you write what you know. Hmm, what do we know? We're middle school. Uh, we go to class. You're playing take... at the junior yeah. high prom. I, I was looking because for some your school other doesn't even there. have money to hire a legitimate band, and you're gonna go stag anyway. Exactly. <laughs> that's what that's what this song is. Yeah. Um, I mean, little what, boy what, named Train. That's another thing. What year is it? What year is it now? Yeah. That's a very good point. This is about 1995 for them. Maybe yeah, a little I, I earlier. I even go to 92. Ah, even though this is really splitting hairs. But yeah, earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, between 92 and 95, seriously, <laughs> tell me something significant that happened in both of okay, those I, years. I, I, I would honestly say that... Uh, and how do you even remember 92? You're four no, years don't. old. Uh, we have a little thing called recordings. <laughs> we we go back. He keeps, he keeps thinking he's actually from the 20s and that his, this entire repertoire <laughs> of music since then... No, I just think that I listen to a the lot 17, of music. 1720s. We don't know. He could from. be from the past or the future. We've had the discussion Sorry, before. You, you don't He's know. not actually a time traveler. That's your knowledge. I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to make Little boy, not say okay. that. Little boy named Train and Amanda, does anybody have anything at all about it? No. Wait, wait, wait. Let me check my notes. Um, Nope, I just wrote I checked out. Uh, I wrote down tuned out. Yeah. For both those songs, that's my I only wrote note. down Hackneyed. Hackneyed. Hackneyed, I like that one. Yes, that's specifically for a little boy named named uh, Train. I I was really struggling with that one to find anything, anything that was out of the ordinary. Why was it called a little boy named Train? I don't even know. By the way, I have to concede something. I didn't realize this until recently, but I do something that I picked up. This is slightly off topic. I mentioned before I work with Wasabasco Burlesque, the producer who runs it, Doc Wasabasco. He likes to whisper into the microphone because it's so stupid. The act of whispering into something that amplifies your voice. So he'll whisper to the audience in the microphone. I realized I do that too. I like whispering to the audience. Yes, I have noticed that. And yes. it's, I think I picked it. I hear that. I think I picked it up from him. It's really funny to me now. So I want to just throw that out there for Doc that I picked up his habit and I think it's still He's really justifying funny. himself. <laughs> Whatever, sweet. you guys do it That's all the sweet. time. I should do now, it. Now, okay, back on topic. Number one, two, three, six, seven, eight. These six tracks. Yeah. They're very useless tracks. They're not... I don't dislike them. I just have no strong emotions just to be one way or the here, other. Because I feel like we are, we are kind of um, looking over the message. Mm-hmm. I want to... I wanna, I want to present that it exists. Okay. It is not absent from here. Like, Amanda, it was your signature girl song. Yeah. It was your uh, kind of a 1960s era boy trapped in a man's body kind of thing. And I mean, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But (laughs) that's about as much as I can uh, give it. That was good. It got a firm, sure. (laughs) That's um, 
That should that should be a whole separate rating, like outside of the one to five system. Now here is where uh, Steve and I are going to severely disagree, and Steve, I'm going to ask you to remain okay. silent until I'm done. Fair enough. And I will point at you, and I will tell the audience that I'm pointing at you. This way, they have the cue, and they know that I am about to rebut. Okay. Very good. Drama queen X kid. Wait, before you say anything, I'll have nothing to say about this because I didn't like either of them. Continue. Drama queen. While musically boring, I thoroughly enjoyed the lyrics. I really enjoyed... It was a nice homage to his daughter. A nice little sweet song. I will concede something Steve said before, which was it really had no place on the album. It's a very personal song and should have been written for his daughter and only her. But it's a good song. It has some significant imagery in there, which I don't think Steve picked up. X-Kid, I thoroughly liked as a follow-up because it was an explanation of how experience is the only thing that can give you wisdom. That's the only way to gain knowledge. It was a combination of my daughter's coming of age, she's becoming an adult, this is how you're going to go into this life. Okay. I'm pointing at Steve. You're pointing at me. It is my turn to rebut this take on Drama Queen. Considering what you said before, I did say that earlier, that I think it's the kind of track that really should have been meant for his daughter, that's it, because it's the kind of track that really, it doesn't really lend itself to the album, and as far as a grand message is concerned, the lyrics themselves are not terribly deep. You're pulling out this message, and I agree, it is there. But let me just talk about the style of this song for a second. I felt like it wanted to go into a Beatles song, but just wasn't good enough. It had the pacing, kind of, of that, of that era. That slow, almost guitar gently weep yeah, style. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it just, it just didn't take the next leap. It didn't, it didn't bring me the emotion, necessarily, that I think should be entailed in Father to Daughter, because one of, what, I'm going to reference another Beatles song here, the quintessential Father to Daughter track, for me, is it was off of um, Sgt. Pepper's. I think you know which one I'm talking about. No. You don't know which song you're talking about, do you? It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> don't know me. Anybody? Nope. She for herself. We can't. We can't. We don't have the right. I know which song. He knows the song. She's leaving, She's leaving home. home That's it. That's the name of the track. Stop alone. singing. We don't have the rights to that. Oh, who's going to sue us? Five seconds. I can what do this five in five bucks? seconds. She's leaving home after living alone for so many years. That's a beautiful line. That, and that, in itself, is more deep than this entire track. To be fair, though, to comment about... And it's almost... It's a very similar message. To comment about Drama Queen, though, the whole... Both of you, first of all... This didn't belong on the album. It should have been private. He's a goddamn rock star. He'll put whatever the hell he wants on a record. All right, all right. I'll give you that. I'll like, give you that. If I, if I were a rock star and I had a daughter, <laughs> I'd put a damn song about her on a record. I'd right. story. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But it is on the record. And it's and not good. And now I have to just kind of call it out. And yeah, I, I hate to I do agree. it. I hate to do it. I hate to be put in that awkward position for calling out a song that obviously means a lot to him. Right. Probably means a lot to his daughter. I just think that it wasn't stated very beautifully. Correct. I, I, I felt very flat after it. I agree. 
And I'm going to point out a couple other things just musically here. There was this tendency, there was this high note where he goes like, out of a mag, she's out of a magazine. And she, she, she states that in a sort of a high, uh, he says, it's out of a magazine. It reminded me so much of Benny and the Jets. It's not even funny. You know the line. <laughs> yeah. You know I read it in a magazine. Oh. Yeah, that yeah. Not, it, he said the same word in exactly the same climactic pitch. I feel like that's not coincidental. It might not be, but I mean, at that point, you're just kind of looking for things. No, but, well, musically, I the reason I took an issue with initially was not just because, uh, you know, it seems to be copying the same, the same tactic as another artist, but it came a little bit too soon. Okay. It was very, very early in the verse, and I felt like he hit his climax too soon. Like, once he hit that, the song never reached that same climax. And we're talking no more than, like, 20, 30 seconds in. Hmm. After that point, it brought me nowhere else. You should have saved it. That's It's a minor little point, but it means a lot for me in terms of the progression of the track. I didn't feel any more emotional because he went too high too fast. I, I You know what? I think I'm just getting a lot more of message from this song than either of you. I read because the I'm lyrics saying, over. No, it's They're not just... just there's a lot of double and triple definitions for these lyrics. There's a lot of death in the I know lyrics. the line. It can mean multi- no, not just one line. In the lyrics, there's a lot of death to them that I don't think you're making the same connection I am in them. I think that I'm going to read my comment on X-Kid, which is waiting for more, but it never came. X-Kid was one of those songs that I don't, I don't disagree that it was okay, but it could have been more. I have a lot less to say about X Kid. Yeah, it could have had more. That was I more like, what John said earlier. It's like your standard dull. I really didn't know where to go with it. Yeah, but I, I, I also I liked it. I liked it as a follow up because of the whole explaining how I liked the. He's talking about how he only knew things after he did things wrong. I I think that I liked it as a follow up. If me and Steve are under, are under. Are not under like not taking in enough from the song. I think you're overcompensating on the song. I'm gonna very much so. I think that. it's both ends. I think we may be understating, but you are definitely overstating too. Okay, well then I'm gonna overstate something else. <laughs> well, you tried. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't have anything else to overstate. Oh, uh, we didn't touch. Out. We didn't touch Defeat. this one. We didn't touch this one. Walk away. Track nine. Yeah, I just that. wrote blah. Like literally just wrote blah. Uh, I wrote bored. Yeah, I I found the lyrics witty the first time on several repetitions, meh, and it was a very plotting song. Yeah, plotting yeah. is perfect. Plotting is definitely. Oh, it's another one of those songs I just didn't dislike, but I had nothing to to enjoy about it. In my search for synonyms of bored and repetitive and hackneyed and all that stuff, I did not come across plotting. And that sometimes that really sums it up. Just come up. The English language is great. I don't want to put that out I, there. I love Everyone plotting. Everyone loves the English language. I love plotting. I use plotting quite often. Yeah. It's a great metaphor for words. This album what? was... <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this album had a plethora of mediocrity. Oh, now we're just having too much fun Yes, but it's got, right. it's got glimpses of fun. Yeah. Of, of I want, higher standard. I, I want to just state something here, just slightly off topic. We, we tend to... We tend to kind of break the fourth wall with our notes a lot. Say, like, yeah. this is what I wrote down. And I think there's a very good reason we do that. I want to I put it on air that there's 
a reason behind that. It's not just because, like, you know, we're taking down notes and oh, we got to remind ourselves what it is. It's really about... This is gut stuff. It is gut stuff. And beyond that, it's about just... If, if you have a very plain song, right, you, and it doesn't stick with you in any way... That's a very hard thing to actually Talk discuss. About. Yeah, because you don't remember anything. And that really speaks to the negativity of the song. At which point, I really do need to reference what I wrote down. Because if it didn't stick with me, how how should I rate it? You know? I don't know. I just Part of me kind of wishes, up. as we're obviously kind of closing up on this already. No, 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 no. No, no, we're not. No? we got two more that songs. A, that was an interjection. Okay, but I just want to say, as we're getting towards the end of this review, I kind of wanted to look at my other two ratings of the last two albums so I could compare, but then I was like... Two and two. Oh, you remember? You went two and two. I went two and two. In fact, we all went two and two, and we all said we wish we made Uno one. Yes, okay. Mm. Yes, I remember that. Well, no tech backsies. No, but... I, what I was going to say was that I didn't want to know what I gave it because I still want to rate this on its own merit. Oh, I'm sorry. Pretend I didn't say anything. Yeah, well, it's too late now. It's fine, though. It's just it's one of those things. I am going to rate this on this, its own merit. This is an interesting thing because it's her first musical trilogy. I did finger quotes, audience. You um, expect more from something like that. I, I really do. do. And I, I, I got I to gotta quote Billy Armstrong here because uh, this, this quote was floating around for a while before Trey was even released. And he was asked, you know, why he, he decided to do the whole trilogy thing. And he he described Uno as sort of... It was more like a, you're on the way to the party. Right. And then I think Dose was something like, you're at the party. I could be misquoting that one. But the idea about Trey was that it was epic. Epic. He described it. His own words, that this is epic. That's a really tall order. See, if you're going to describe that about your own work, it's got to live up. Yeah. The quote I heard. Uh, actually, from him, I don't. Even if it does live up, I still don't think it's a great idea to no, of to go not. so far about judging your own work. The quote I heard from him was that Uno was like you said before the party, right? On your way, revving yourself up. Dose was the party. It uh, was yeah. the party album. So I'm not. Trey sure. was supposed to be the aftermath. Literally cleaning up the mess. Actually, yeah, I do That's remember cleaning quote. up the mess. But That's the quote I got. Epic was in there. He threw in that word. And honestly, it's this doesn't feel epic. like cleaning up the mess. The message, there's not that much message. I, I no, there's, it, um, there's a... Again, I wouldn't, there's be, some I wouldn't be holding him tried. to this if it wasn't the fact that he said it. Once the words are out there, you know... Yeah, I equated really this back. to our nerdy listeners. I equated this to the game developer uh, from Lionhead Studios, Peter Molyneux, who's famous for the Fable series, and always putting his foot in his mouth because before every major release of his games, he'll say, this awesome thing's going to happen. And then the awesome thing never makes it into the game because it was too complicated to put into it, and everyone's completely disappointed. Whereas if, hey, dummy, you say less about your game, and then your game is more than what you said, that's called hype. Actually, yeah, but then, it is hype. Well, but if you don't shut up, then it gets overhyped. What was the, what was the what was the thing I was talking about earlier? I had a metaphor that Steve liked. Oh, it's Diet Coke. Oh, this okay. album is Diet. Coke. This album is Diet Coke. This is how I put it. Uh, it's something. It's sweet. It has a taste you're familiar with. It doesn't have the full substance of an actual Coke with the heavy syrup, old school, you know, barbershop style. Not barbershop, uh, soda shop style. It doesn't have that true filling flavor that you go to. It's just got... It, it's empty. 
It's, it's full there. of sweetener instead of sugar. It's it's hollow. But it still has a Depending upon who you are, this I suppose will 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 scratch. Your if you don't like Coke, it's Diet Pepsi. I mean, it's. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we really do the wrap up, there's one little bit. No, no, there's, there's a couple more things to say here. I mean, eleven and twelve. First of all, no, first of all, I'm even gonna go over ten a bit. I'm gonna give it oh, even okay. a little bit more credit because we didn't go into the details of ten. Okay. Aside from it being a, a variation on a theme, which I was loving. You hated that sh- intro. I really did hate that intro. Until the intro, you heard the song. The intro itself, this is just a show, we're not really judging a book by its cover here. We didn't walk uh, into, we did uh, not uh, walk uh, in, uh, shut up. <laughs> we did not walk into Trey, you know, writing it off before it began. And I was about to write off this track when I heard the first minute or so. Because let's face it, I, I really do hate the first minute of this track. It's it's not that good. <laughs> I hate the, I hate the, um, the subdued intro with the, where the volume is all the way turned down and in the background it's that off pitch it's 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 coarse it cuts right through me and it, i don't think it really adds to anything else in the album and then when the volume turns up i'm still not liking it the, the entire chorus is just yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I it's it's inane it really is an inane track it's not all yeah. that i use that word for music but uh, sorry inane part of track it evolves they use that same exact bit part and they turned it into another, into another section. It wasn't so much a transition. It's almost like a seamless transition. It just went right in to another movement, so to speak. Uh, there were about five of them over the course slowed, of yeah, slowed over itself the course down. Of six plus minutes. And then it slowed itself down again, sped itself back up. It was it was great ebbing and flowing. Yes, and beyond that, it also showed that there's some genuine talent there with uh, with their solo work. With their individualistic yes. uh, instrumentation. Particularly the bass. I'm going to point that out. Mike, yeah, Mike's awesome. Yeah. The bass um, has always been a strong suit of Green Day. The guitar solo, uh, I'm, I'm... Long view. Yes. The guitar solo was good, but it's still kind of run of the mill. You can find that in any any classic rock thing anyway. It's not really... It, it wasn't phenomenal. The bass had a little bit of character. The bass, the bass was in the forefront. They sort of had that direct input A little vibe. bit of funk. Yeah, Thrown here was, and there, a little bit jazzy here and there. It I was, was loving a, that. It was a combination it of was, old school bass with the uh, the the newer uh, drum work. It was a very nice nugget. Yeah, it's just it's a nugget. You know. See, my biggest yeah, problem, but it's really nice. It is nice, I guess. My biggest problem with this track, with Dirty Rotten Bastards, is I was at the too little, too late point. I was so bored with the rest Matt, of the Matt's, album. That's always at that point. See, I do try to hone in on the moments. I'm no, a moment I do, guy. I, I, but, I'm see, not I, all about arc. But, but I am too, but the problem is, with the, boredom is tough to break. You can break a lot of things. But boredom is tough to break. And when you bring something ten tracks deep in a record that's really awesome... I agree. I did acknowledge that I wasn't bored during that track. I did enjoy it. But I, at this point, I still wasn't really taking notes. Because A, the complex stuff I knew you were going to cover, and B... And I don't always word it properly. And B, I didn't care anymore. I wanted the album to be over. And I think that's where we diverge because I am easily bored yet always entertained. I can be bored for about 50 seconds and I will find some way to entertain myself. I'm always bored. I'm, I'm, a, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit with John on that. I can, I can easily pick myself out of that. I guess I can too. I guess I just didn't want to at this point, maybe. I mean, that's why I'm always, always so defensive of previous artists. Like, you know, a- Andrew Bird, you know, I know you guys criticize the arc, but when he brought in a beautiful string section, I, I can't, I can't dis- disregard it. 
like it's it's still so beautiful i can't i can't stop listening in this particular case you know okay so what it's green day i'm not a big fan of theirs of of the genre that they're going for but they did something with it i appreciate that um it's gonna count but it can't count for much to your credit like there's just it's so brief it is so brief I like what they did with this track, but let's move that into the last couple here. Because, you know, maybe if they saved it for the last... If that was the note that they left us on, that would be one thing. But they didn't. They went into two completely different things. Yeah. They went into a political track, and let's get in that. Because I know okay. John wants to say something. I loved 99 Revolutions. And uh, both of you said that you didn't feel like it belonged on the album. I don't think anything belonged on this album. <laughs> the album was just scattered all over the place. That's, that's true. That's fair. All yeah, right, I agree. So, as far as theme goes, there's no theme in this album besides the first nine tracks are standard pop, uh, punk pop. That's what they are. Right. The last it's three the tracks... blanket of generic. And at the end, <laughs> your toes are peeking out and you're getting to see, you know, I don't know, weird socks or something. 99 Revolutions and The Forgotten. Two political songs, two very different political songs. Both with a very standard politics message. Uh, liberal side. This is the type of music I like. What was the other song you compared? The Forgotten. Number 12. Political? Yeah. Well, it, it didn't get that. Didn't, didn't, that, it that, wasn't was not, as, that was not the standout thing. It wasn't... In, in, as it was in a nice, face. slow melody. Not melody. Look, uh, look, The Forgotten was pretty, but cliche. Like, you, you can't deny... You listen to the lyrics. Well, no. But 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 you can't deny. I'm not talking about the lyrics. I'm talking about the sound, the piano, the, the violin. The the sound was very pretty. You couldn't deny it was pretty because the piano is innately a pretty instrument. So yes. the violin, violin. I'm calling them out here. But it was very revolutions in a second. But I, I am calling them out on the forgotten. I'm sorry, but in this particular instance, that pulling the piano in, piano in, in the very last track, FBS. That wasn't the first time they used piano. Uh, oh, in this in this album, yeah. yes. Earlier they did use it in the melody, but it was prominent here, very prominent. Yes, it was not prominent in any other track. Um, and then of course the orchestra pulling the orchestra in. Now that's the first time they did this. Again, kind of BS. I mean, <laughs> this is not Ben Folds here. When Ben Folds closes out with his final track, when we when we were doing uh, Sound of the Life of the Mind, when he closed out, all right, it's just Ben Folds and the piano. It makes sense. He's a piano player. He wants to close out on a, on, a, on a soft note, drop out everything else. Drop out his band and just leave him with him at the piano. It's what you expect from him. You don't expect this from Green Day, and I, I see it as kind of a cop-out. The way he, in which he used it, it's not, it's not affection. No. Because no. affection moved you, and it was this... It was this okay. I free, no, no, no. First of all, affection was not that. the last... Track, yeah. I for you. I should stop track. referencing ourselves. It's kids. I for a kids, kids in the street by kids in the street. Uh, I for you is the song you're actually thinking of, which was a very laid back acoustic song. Affection was the complicated song. Um, no, but I believe that uh, the forgotten was more of the tone, more the tone of uh, affection. It was the tone. I think it was a similar tone to affection, but the difference was, it was smooth. Affection was not the last track. It's not what they left you on. Yes. They left you on the bare bones acoustic "I for You," which exactly. worked perfectly. Exactly. After that huge sweeping affection. So I find it to be kind of an, a cop out, cliche, and not just that, a, a cliched move. On yeah, their I part. agree. At the same time, I'll say it again. You guys didn't hear the words. 
because this is, that's not the prominent. Look, you you can't ignore. But I listen to Green Day for the words. I've always done it. I've always listened to punk for the words. I was really disappointed on so many of these words, and I liked 99 I, I was disappointed on a lot of these lyrics, because most of these lyrics I, I was fast paying attention to, looking for something to complement the otherwise generic uh, early 90s punk that they were going for. And I didn't see a lot of it. I'm sorry, but they weren't. These are not great lyrics. They're okay. They're 10, right. 11, 12 were They're good passable. lyrics. They're passable lyrics. They 10, were, 11, 12 were good lyrics. But they weren't great lyrics. They ten, weren't. 10 was. This is almost a roundabout conversation yeah. here. I mean, look, if it's, if it's up to taste, but, sure. I'm just saying that a lot of. I, I really enjoyed. They weren't I mean, they're poetic. Not, to okay, me. they're not five star. Not even close. Not four star, but they're definitely above that. That that standard level. No, no, they're not. That's my line. <laughs> uh, yeah, because honestly, we're when we, too serious. When we when we when we no, talked no, I, when we I talked like... about Hoobastank being perfectly average on a lot of their album, the one thing we said was some of their lyrics were better. Their lyrics were better than Green Day's this lyrics is round on this album. Roundabout. Let me be specific. Okay. I don't find it to be terribly poetic. They're taking themes that have been done a thousand times. Like, no, pfft, hundreds of thousands of times in so much other music with other stuff to complement it. And I don't see that. I don't see the other stuff here. Yeah. It's just a message. Why not do a poetry slam or something? Uh, you guys want to wrap up? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to say anymore about this album. I really don't. Alright, the fact is the margin of variation here between these tracks is so thin. So yes, thin. I agree. About the only instance of it is track 10. Yes. That's one. One track out of... out of 12. One out of 12. This is... You, you know, we just judged an EP last week for its four tracks. And Five. we just... Uh, right, the, the bonus. And we did a percentage thing. We actually, we actually, we've never done that before. Usually, we no. try to maintain a certain well, no, level I of dignity to, here. I try to keep it quick, so that's why I did the percentage. Everybody followed me after that. Setting trends, setting trends that shouldn't be be set. I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> no, that one. I, and I, I wasn't happy with that because that that's really that's really cold. There are more things that go into it than just like, hey, you know, you take this track here, this track there. But Let's see, that's two but out of six. Just so you know. I completely ignored what came out of his face. <laughs> I rated the damn EP on how great I thought the music was. Which was pretty damn good. You know, a lot yes. of it was very good. Yes. The worst part of it was a solid three-star song. The yeah. rest of it was least solidly average. out of it. And I think that a lot of this was pretty bad. And that's where I can't agree. I think it just wasn't good. The bulk of it is not good. Most of these songs I'd consider the 2-5 level. 10 I loved. Dirty Rotten Bastard I loved. 11 and 12, 99 Revolutions, The Forgotten, I really enjoyed. I just wanted to be known that if I was going off percentage here, uh, th this would be 1. Can if I? I was going off percentage. Can I, that's can the only I, thing wait, I wanted before to Before John finishes, can I just say though that even the good song didn't hook me as well as the good song on the first album. Because Kill the DJ was just so different from everything, that's why I liked it. It stood out more. This was good. Dirty Rotten Bastards was so different from everything. But it wasn't different for Green Day. It wasn't, because they've done stuff like that before. Kill the DJ was practically a punk dance song. It was very different for Green Day. That's why I liked it more. 
But be that that's kind of irrelevant, just fun fact. Mm. Can I go back? Yes, you can okay. finish wrapping up. Three. None of these songs oh. actually left me with distaste. I was just uninspired by so many of them. And then take it or leave it. I know that there's a market for it. Alright. I know that these are very standard pop songs. Um what was it? Uh, what's her face? Oh, that we reviewed a few weeks ago. One of your picks. Uh, Robbie Williams? No. Way before that. Before Garbage. Before Garbage? Uh, uh, Papa Roach? No. <laughs> I'm just going to start naming things I've said. No, I don't remember. I don't remember was what it was. Female, what are you looking for? Yeah, man? female. It was a female artist. I can't think of her name. I picked a female artist? Yes. Did I? Yes. It wasn't Pink. No. Was it Gwen? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No that doubt band that's been around for no a long doubt. time. No doubt, I want to say, was probably the same sort of vein as this. Not in the slightest. No, no doubt. No, no, no. Was so much more fun. Level. That was so much more yeah, fun. Yeah, no, today. I'm with Steve on this. No, I didn't no doubt was leaps fun. and bounds better than this. I won't. No, I don't I'm think sorry, it was. I'm sorry, but they took. All right. There You're going to compare nothing... No Doubt to Reggae as uh, Green Day to Punk, then No Doubt was playing with Reggae. They were doing different things with it. Green Day's doing nothing for punk as a genre. They're doing they're doing nothing to advance it anywhere. You know what? I'll concede that point. It's not going to lower my rating much, but you're right. It's a it's two five. There's a couple of lights here that I do enjoy. I liked ten, eleven, twelve, and for all the the hating on it, I liked. I really enjoyed the lyrics from Drama Queen and X Kid. I really enjoyed it, and I can't I can't say otherwise. And that was enough that even with all this genericitude and the sameness and sameness and sameness. Genericitude, that's a new That's uh, Didn't you make that one up? Oh, Genericosity? Uh, generica. Generica. So yes. much generica here. There's enough that I really... I, we make words. I liked it, and I'm going to keep a few of these songs. I mean... I, Five I, tracks I liked truth, out of 12. Not too shabby. I think a 2-5 is I mean, truthfully, at that it. point, it's coming down to taste is in... Is affecting John's rating in the positive, and there's right. nothing wrong with I, I, that. Let me just Be, okay, the, some of the I songs that I truly love by Green Day, I know you don't even like. That's fair. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Um. All right. Look, I'm gonna go off because uh, I didn't actually give my rating yet. I just gave my theoretical rating. This is a two. This is a two. I'm not going to go down to the one territory yet. I, I expected that. Still know. I still know that there's a um a market out there, but I want to put it on the on the record here. As a trilogy, this is a one seven five. As a trilogy, this should not have been made. It's this not is, a trilogy. It's, no, it's not. Well, no, there is a theme going throughout it. The that's, titles. That's it. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. There's a theme going throughout it, and that is generic. It is probably the most generic punk combination ever created. Yes, and I I really hope it's. The last. It's the thing is, of... there's so many bands there. Is, are people afraid to just go into their discography? Like, we have recordings these days. It's kind of nice. We have archives of, 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 of literature, of film, of, of, of art, and of music at our disposal. We can go back. There's so much that can be gotten from that that late 80s, early 90s punk uh, era. And it, what it, was, it was, a, was a good thing back then. I'm going to I'm going to say that on record. It was a good thing at the time. A generation, youthful generations need their thing, and it it was appropriate. It was rebelling against the whole uh, 
eighties um consumerism. I'm I'm gonna say that for punk. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Sure. <laughs> all right, is I that guess that's a thing now. Is that, is that it, Steve? Is it my turn that's now? No, all right. Fine. That's it. We want that to be the new passion. John, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna put something to you. Okay. At some point, it doesn't have to be in the near future, but at some point, I would like you to pull in uh, a a punk band or a punk album, and it can be. I, I I will I will absolve you of 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 um recent albums. You can for a week for a week of your pick if you choose. Bring in something that is of the pure punk genre. Yeah, and really, really speaks to me or speaks to society in some profound way. Not Versa- necessarily politically, but in general. Yeah, or or it's pushing. Can the I boundaries. pick? Can I pick something political? Because I know you're not a big fan of that. You can pick something political. Sure. All right. Easily. I'm gonna have to. This is gonna take a while because I've got to find something. I don't just, know. Just Off the top of my head, I'd say social distortion, but that's just me. I haven't done anything recent. I want something that's a little more oh, on the nose. He said it doesn't have to be recent. No, no, I want to pick something a little on the nose. Oh. Alright, can I give my wrap up now? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, no, wait, it's his turn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> this is going to be telling, and I think I might actually upset John. 1 5? I might have liked Maroon 5 better. <laughs> I can see that. You know why? Because even though it was bad for Maroon 5. Adam Levine is still showcasing his talent as a singer. He's a talented singer, and this he did interesting things I don't with his think voice. You, no, no, I don't think you actually said that. I no. think you said the opposite during did the I? review. Yeah, probably. That I hated his voice. The point is, though, is that... that you liked the Maroon 5 album now more than you like this one. Maybe. The, the thing is, is that... So, that album was just... I didn't like it as a whole, but there were songs that I really enjoyed, and I was never really bored, maybe because of the vehement hate spew I was writing as well. Mm-hmm. But this this is almost worse to me, because at least with Uno or Dos, I was like, oh, oh, well this, and I got right down this, and I hated this, and this wasn't good, or this was good. I can describe my entire review for this album, except for 10, 11, 10 and 11, as meh. That's my review. Meh. Like, Matt is throwing his arms out. Flailing. Through the heavens. It's, there's nothing here. Nothing good, nothing bad. It's just a whole lot of nothing. That's your commentary right there. To the heavens. To the, yes, to the heavens. Yeah. I see that. The, it, How does it feel? The, 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 <laughs> we haven't even called Steve out yet, but I'll get to that. <laughs> anyway. There's and, a barrel of things to call me out. Anyway, I, I think that it, it might only be on par with, with Maroon 5's awfulness because I'm just so indifferent. It's painful. I'm just so indifferent. I wasn't this indifferent with the first one or the second one because there were things that you upset me. Yeah. That's the thing. Indifferent, we're really underrating how bad indifference really is, is when it comes to music. Yeah. Why are you listening to it? Why? Why? What's the point? Indifferent, This but does not, we don't have to be speaking I for think, all of society. I know there is a market for it, but we're speaking for us. No, but you know, this is a different kind of indifference also because it's not even indifference, it's not caring. Because indifference, there's a difference. Indifference can work in a song. Like, I've defined indifference in oh, song. Oh, sure, as a theme. Yes. As a theme. But that's not, that's not the theme here. Yeah, it's They just... want to go for something, they're just yeah. not reaching it. Yeah. Every single goal, they set out to, they, the bars. It wasn't, it shouldn't have been, it, 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 you don't feel it should not have been made, you're just questioning why. It was made. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, that's exactly it. And that's, you know what, that's the unifying the theme with, with 
that's the unifying theme with Maroon 5 and why I went back to it. Yeah. When I was talking about Maroon 5, the, the, essentially I said, the band showed up for one track. Why the F did this get make, made? So it kind of sounds like this album. So I give it a 1-5. I have yeah, I nothing it. redeeming about this for me. It's a 1-5 for me. 1-5 implies it shouldn't have been made, though. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't have. Ugh. One five. I agree. I'm no, sorry. I'm copying you both. No, I'm copying Matt. I'm sorry. It's on air. I'm blatantly copying Matt. He. This has all been such a good point. I really. I. I it don't have. I don't have patience for stuff that that is completely the redundant. First, the first. It's redundant on a musical level. It's redundant on a message level, and it, it's it's certainly redundant as the third installment of a trilogy. The, the, the yeah. The Everything reason... about this is just the. Your I, I, po- I got it. John, your point about you being okay with some of the tracks, I completely understand, and I don't fault you for. Because I've rated things fives that you guys felt should have been fours. Or threes. My point is, the reason I feel it's a 1.5 is because you could have not made this, only have made the last album, and I might not have been as angry about well, it. Well, I kind of said it like this when we were doing it. Take 10, 11, 12, and the one good song from Uno, and the one good song from Dose, and make an EP, and it would have been better than the whole damn thing. Yes. That's the thing. Look, I, I, I do not think we... I have said this before, that we... Uh, how, how albums grow on you yeah. is important. So the fact that... You said it earlier, Matt, that we probably should have rated Uno lower. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We were caught up in the hype of, oh, it's the first installment of Trilogy. Maybe we'll give it a little bit more credit than that. And it did have that one song. But... After we've sat with it for this long, or I, I, I agree, we, we should, it, it should have been lower. So the fact that this is a 1.5, despite the fact that it's not really that different, all things considered, is just an afterthought that yeah. I would have correct, corrected given time, which is important. I've heard this album quite often. I, in, I, other, in other forms. No, no, in general. He's, he's listened to it more than twice. I've probably listened say. to it about a dozen Trey. times. Yeah, Trey. You listen to Trey a dozen... Uh, Godspeed. No, and I have to say my opinion of it has not really wavered. It's your rating. That's, that's what I'm going to say, 2.5. That's fine. There's, right. there's you're glimpses not... of the old Green Day. There's glimpses. It could I'm be... reiterating one I'm thing I'm not here. without hope See, I that they're just going to fall apart and, and never make a good song again. You're, you're thinking about discography. You're thinking about future. I'm rating the work. Yeah. I'm rating the work. No, but John's rating the work, no, no, too. No, I mean... He just like, it, it doesn't, better. it doesn't just, it doesn't, uh, I get a bad taste in my mouth because it's Green Day, not because of the music itself. Okay, and I, I get a bad taste in my mouth because of the music itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's that simple. Yeah, it's the redundant qualities, as we yeah. said before. No, I, that's, that's, I, I agree. I kind of Redundant hope... as music, message, and the third installment of a trilogy. Yeah. All, all are very, very bad. Uh, as an overall. I hope, I hope you love Low, because Low's new album's coming out. I hope you love it. We don't, I don't know yet. And I, and I and I I'm almost you you I'm won't. almost hoping I hate it. That's, almost that's hoping. Very poor poor form to say that. Okay. I know. Very I know. Poor form. But it's it, you know what? I think that's part of it because it's like I'm 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 so emotionally attached to Green Day that even though I know it's not the best thing in the world, to hear you two rated so low kind of hurts. I and I know that, that I it's not even. That. I understand I'm, that. Wait, 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 wait! I'm going into something. I'm going into something. I know it's it's a terrible thing to say that you guys are wrong because I don't think you're actually wrong. You have your you're entitled to your own opinions. It just hurts to hear somebody saying that about a band I love so much. 
it's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, as Tall as Lions, in many ways, has been some of the most emotional music that I've listened to in the last couple of years, uh, mm. given what they do. And that just doesn't reach you. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's high on my account, and that's the reason why we give three ratings. Yeah. We don't all have to come to a consensus. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's my style of music. You know I go for complexity and, and the the realm of emotion. And nuances and tiny little happy chimes. Uh, as long as they, they connect. I mean, like, as long as I, you're I using concede, the thematic way throughout the whole album. I can concede to certain things. Like, for instance, yes, Andrew Bird had that, but in terms of the way it was connected so between tracks. So much whistling. Yeah, Sorry. things like that. Right. I can understand that it's not connected. Okay. But you're discounting all of that stuff in this album here. Wait, what are you talking about? Like, given those little flaws that are just here and there, you know, it seems like we spent time trashing those artists for those little things. Well, I mean, we didn't really trash the Saul's lines. But, but Andrew Bird, we discussed at length about, you know, those repetitions. But we also if talked about where it shined. That, that, what about the repetition here? You, just, you gotta take yourself out of yourself here. The repetition no, no, here is, is actually, it makes me unsettled. I'm, I, I want to leave the room. I don't find it as wearing as you do then. I f- I, I'm that's used to a different rating. I'm right used to this repetition because I grew up on so much music like this. And yeah, but that has so nothing to do with of other kinds of repetition. Yeah, but I've also rated all that other kinds of repetition a lot higher than this stuff. But I'm gonna tell you this: even what Andrew Bird does might have been repetitious for him over the course of that album. Oh, significantly but better. But as far t- to the amount of music that exists yeah, but in the look world, look at the rating I gave. No, this him. is important. This is important to. The pantheon of music, right? And the kind of stuff we're contributing and offering to the public, his stuff was relatively original. This stuff is not. Not. It, it, it's around. Green Day may have started it, and I probably would not have rated this low in the early 90s, but right now, it, it's just... We said it before. Why? My rebuttal to what you just said, you gotta also look at how I, I, I rated Bird. I gave him, what, 3.5, 4.0? Actually, I raised it to a 4.0 because of his quality, because of his ingenuity. Right. I mean, I gave him recognition. I pointed out the fact that, yes, it becomes wearing, but it's like, it, it's like, oh, here's here's a really nice pie you like. Have some, and then have some more, and then have some more. You really like the pie, but you get tired of it after a while. That's the thing, though. This is like... When we talk about... Here's, here's some... Plain old bread with butter. Here's some more plain old bread with butter. It feeds you, but it doesn't give you anything. All right, yeah. But, yeah, that's, um... And if it wasn't for the the few tracks I actually liked, this would have been a two, if not lower. And can I speak to something, John, that we kind of glossed over? Well... I'm as big of a Green Day fan as you are. I I have all of their stuff. The problem is, the the difference is, I, I give up, I'm done. Like, I like Green Day, and I will still probably listen to the next album they put out, but this whole trilogy experience wore That's on me. Thing. In my opinion, John, I believe you you are not separating yourself from, uh, you're not being completely objective. I s- we, we, no. are, we are okay. supposed to be... Imp- no, no, we, we no. Do, we can... Me- no, let me just make this point. I believe that it, it is peripheral and important for us to mention how much certain music, certain artists, certain types of music... You know the way certain certain uh, certain sounds hit our ears. It's important to mention how much that means to us, uh, peripherally. But as far as ratings are concerned, as far as 
building a a um a solid how to put it <laughs> just you foundation know, yeah a foundation a judgment a solid judgment of a work on a um on a critical scale i think you have to take all that out of the picture yeah, but I don't think John's rating it that much higher. It's a whole no, one no. I'm, I'm just making conversation based, oh, okay. based on what he said earlier. Oh, okay. Because I mean, his rating of because he two... said it, he said it hurts. I understand that it hurts. It's oh, just... we're talking about the hurting, not the rating. Okay, yeah. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Because I was kind of like the new Killers album. Oh, yeah, that we hurts. all agreed. Oh, that hurt. No, I have not listened to it yet. You no no you heard you plenty of songs you, you, from you it. Got, you guys are are. I was listening to it. Me. No, was, he was playing it while we were no, in the yeah, room. I, I was writing an article. I had asked John three times. If it was the same song, and it wasn't. Bit. It was three different songs. All right, let me lay the final thought here. I'm going to say that this type of music has been outmoded largely by indie rock. Yes. Yes. Oh, agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. You are correct, sir. That that's one of the main reasons you can you can't take society out of the picture. I don't think this means very much to me at all right now. This kind of stuff. I guess, but it also has to do with the quality. Anyway, the wind blows. I just got that. It stuck in my head because yeah, of your yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. um, anyway, okay, we're done with Green Day. We're done. For a long time. Uh, with any luck for like three weeks until they create the next greatest rock album of all time. But oh, wait, yeah. I'm saying one more thing. One more thing. It's been outmoded by indie, by indie. It's been outmoded by indie rock, but the soul of punk has been inherited by indie rock. In other words, you want to state the same thing in your own unique way. I, I, you gotta push it. Gotta push it. We're in a society of a little bit more refinement than um, than what punk has to offer at the moment. That's, That's true. That's my final thought. I'm done. I'm done. Really done. This time. Honestly. Okay, we're gonna move on to something <laughs> uh, equally depressing. Oh boy. Uh, we were dis- we were discussing this earlier. Uh, it's our topic of the day. Uh, it's a very emotional topic. Both Matt and myself went through breakups recently, and we were talking about how music changes for us. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating idea to me that some on a band level sometimes you feel kind of annexed by a band because it reminds you of that person or even specific songs. Whereas you know there's a healing period for certain bands where six months, a year, two years, you go back and you can listen to that band again. Sometimes you can never go back to that band. Sometimes certain songs you never go back to because even thinking about the song hurts. On the flip side, uh, that great emotional turmoil can let you connect with some other type of music. With yeah. new bands, with new songs. I went through my emo period with Dashboard Confessionals after my first major breakup. He just said it on air, folks. It's proof. I've talked about them before. Oh, brother. It was a full acoustic album. I was freaking 17 years old. It was the first girl I ever said I love you to, all right? First time I ever had sex. I mean, it was a big... <laughs> it, she was my first everything. Except for, like, first base. I mean, and it was one of those summertime loves. Uh, we we pretended that we could do long distance. I went to college. She went to a different college. We broke up after a couple of weeks because we obviously wasn't working out. Yeah, I know that game. Got totally into Dashboard Confessionals. Uh, still remember the lyrics of all of them. Uh, grew out of it within a few months. Was hitting on anything with boobs and two legs. Didn't even need arms. I was a lot rockier 
um, <laughs> prior to to a certain breakup. Afterwards, I became a lot folkier. Yeah, you go through changes. See, the most interesting one for me was I went through a breakup and couldn't listen to metal anymore. It was weird. Which is, yeah, no, metal is a good music for emotional breakups. I mean, yeah, and it was just that... Sh- she was so into metal and got me into so many great metal bands, especially from overseas, like Sonata Arctica. And then, like, hearing a song that had nothing really to do with love at all, but because it was by that band, I was like, man, I can't listen to metal. I've got to listen to something different. And that's when he discovered what? Actually, that's when I first started listening to bands like Taking Back Sunday and The Used and, like, sort of on the outskirts of emo, more towards the. I guess modern rock. I don't really know what to call Taking Back Sunday. Uh, Taking Back Sunday is essentially what? Alt emo? Alt emo? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I rock emo? I was never in the Taking Remo? Back Sunday. <laughs> I'll go with that. Remo? Uh, Remo. Even though oh, we did Revo last week. Mock? Right. Ooh, mock. Mock? Emo rock mock. Okay, this is stupid. It <laughs> is. But well, my point is, I got started getting into bands that I never really listened before. Plain White Tees as well. Like, I mean, just oh, everybody went through a Plain White Tees when they got into an argument with their girlfriend because freaking Hey There Delilah was played a thousand and one times, times. on the radio. Yeah. And it was before XM and downloading music illegally was truly popular. Before there was a before that. Yes, there was a time. Some of us I were know, born before know, that, yeah. Steve. Right. I know you're Generation Y and we're Generation X. <laughs> I don't mention Napster ironically. I used Napster when it actually came out. When you Who had says a 50 ironically? Si- I, I don't know. I have no when idea. You had a 56k modem and when you it wanted 20 minutes to download a song. 20 minutes. I'm not getting into a another discussion generation. about how are we are of the same generation despite small little differences in age. <laughs> Largely it's It the also same. helps Steve that you're an old soul. Yes, exactly. I, I go back. I, yeah, I'm probably skipped, older than you, both of you. In many he ways. just skipped the eighties. That's true. He yeah. did. He completely missed the eighties. I skipped. I mean, that's the thing. I I speak about punk because I've always punk has always been to me sort of an old thing, a passe thing. But it's weird that I can look back to something like new wave, right? Yeah. Like which was only ten years before that, and yet I can think that that stuff was in many ways edgier than the punk movement. Yeah, that's really kind of illogical. It is illogical because time is illogical. Okay, movements are very, very strange. Speaking of punk, because we're getting back on topic. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm gonna finish the sentence that he's talking about. Punk from punk, um, as I said before, came indie, and I was a lot more into that indie style in the mid 2000s. And after a certain breakup, I was like, you know what? I kind of like the more subdued, contemplative kind of music that is coming out these days. All these underground alternative bands suddenly weren't so underground anymore. And people had more of a more of a laid-back edge. It's like you didn't need to be jumping around at concerts all of a sudden. You could just sit and focus and go right into your soul. And that stuff seemed to come around at that time. Granted, borrowed, it was there in the 90s. It just wasn't as prominent. You had people like Elliot Smith in this whole underground alternative scene back then, suddenly that's not so underground anymore. That's the thing in the 2000s. I'm so happy. And I was so swept up in that. So swept up in that. I'm so happy you didn't turn out to be a full hipster. Yeah, no, I avoided that. You, you I were really so, dodged so that bullet. Steve, man, Steve is a couple steps away. On, you were on the cusp, And you know what? You? I love being right there because I can't, I can't dispute you're, all you're, hipster music to be uh, what people you say had, it is. If I you mean, had a little less taste, you would have become a hipster. Let's put it this way. 
I mean, no, if he I don't want to get too ironic. far off topic. Yeah. Off topic, topic. <laughs> I don't want to get too far off topic here, but I'm gonna pose a question. What exactly is hipster music to you guys? Don't just say ironic. Oh no, I know. I can name a band that embodies hipster music, and and I actually still kind of like them. Go for it, but I want a description too. First, the band. Fun. Not in the slightest to me. No. Really? No way. Really? No way at all. I feel like so many people listen to them because oh. they don't like them, and they think it's just ironic because they're so kitschy. That I'm they're sorry, awesome. you were reading into that way too much. Fun is a straightforward band. They then it's in their name. It it that that's them. That's them in a nutshell. Oh. They're fun. Uh, they they go for that that upbeat style. That's still for jumping around. Okay. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. It's not a band. No, no, no. The the soundtrack is the perfect representation of hipster. See, this just is proving how you guys have no idea what hipster music really is. And how it's not a thing at all. <laughs> no. It's a concept that yeah. is different to everyone. Yeah, well, the, from my understanding, because I... And my brother, and am I? My brother was almost one, you're almost one, and I've hung out with hipsters before. Well, I, uh, Before I, you know, made them take showers. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry, hipsters out there. That was mean. I apologize. Mango I lived. refuse Mango. to apologize to hipsters <laughs> in any capacity. It's not. No, no. I, I'm making a little bit of apologies here because Here's sometimes the... I think that that, that okay people are, go... people are judging the whole scene a little bit too much. Be and it's it's this. No. This. Old... Ba, 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 ba. My turn. But my I turn. finished my third thought. Yeah, you did. Uh, this is like a real argument. I'm loving this. <laughs> we'll get back to our actual topic soon no, enough. We won't. I actually have something I'll tie nah, back it's in. Related. Um, hipsters desire to be ironic. And that is, in my opinion, a terrible thing to try to bring to the world. Um, okay. I'll take that. That's a good point. And because yes, if you're I, ironic, fact, but that's probably the closest thing, that, that, that's the closest to a right answer that I could have gotten from either of you, is probably that. I think that the reason I said fun is because the hipsters I know, the way they worded it, there's no such thing as hipster music, I concede completely. Yes. But I hate, hipster culture, however, the thing I hate about it is the same thing John did. And that's what I think when I was broad. When, well, okay, I don't hate all of hipsters, I hate hipsters who specifically... Desire to be ironic for the sake of being ironic. Not ironic for irony's sake, but ironic because they want to like a thing because it's so terrible. If it's terrible... Yeah, that's what John said. Yeah. yeah. The ironic part. I'm yeah. expanding on Like a thing because it's so terrible. Of course, that stuff... It's different to... He plays, he plays this entire album using two strings and a monkey. It is terrible. I, I think it's genius. But now you're that, even, you're taking hipsterism even farther. You're taking that into Andy Warhol level yeah, of yeah. who who for snootiness. Yeah, like. no. Andy Warhol was the father of the hipster movement. He is the perfect example. But and honestly, he well, was a genius. He really was a genius. But he's the maniacal mad scientist genius who really should have been given a little bit of of, of medication when he was growing up. Because, oh my god, he really went out there. I'm just posing a thought here that a lot of people that I've, I've known, I've known a lot of uh, people have been called hipsters in my life. And those people sometimes have gotten mislabeled because I know them so well. I feel like they have gotten mislabeled purely because of the image. Wait, wait. Purely because of the idea that they're listening to music that is not pop. 
that's a silly reason to judge anybody. Well, those people who called them hipsters are stupid and don't know what a hipster is. Fair enough. And so wait, wait, Steve, are you telling me that people prejudge someone without any facts and just make assumptions? I that mean, never happens. I cannot stand his incredulous voice. I know. I was just going to say that. that that's his it. incredulous voice. I hate is that incredulous voice. <laughs> it's almost as 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 irritating as my sarcastic voice. Yeah, it's true. Or it's Steve's so, it's voice. so obtrusive. Like, I know. Ugh. I know. <laughs> it's like my sarcastic voice or Steve's dictionary voice. It's just. No, stop it. <laughs> Did you know? Wrong. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyway, let's go back on topic. Uh, yeah. Can we stop by? Totally Hitler? derailed me. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That's what there I'm, are trying, aspects I'm trying to... Try, all I'm trying to do is yes, try, to, try to stop the bashing hipster thing here because a lot of time we say that, we, we, we lump things into uh, hipster music. And it's like, what is hipster music? There is no hipster music. If hipster... Ironic is probably the closest thing we can get to. But, to be fair... That's only a small aspect of the library that some people who've been labeled as hipsters would have. Sometimes, is it is it wrong to just like something because it's actually interesting? No, of course not. No. Yeah. That's not ironic no. in the slightest. And there's certain aspects of... Because sometimes, you, you might just be able to do a song with a monkey. You might be able to do that. It might work. But, the, okay, there are some aspects of what would we consider hipsters, because this is New York... This is like breeding ground. That should be noted, yes. All right. We, we've, we've seen our fair share. There's some aspects which it, it teaches individualism. All right. That it does. There. But some, a lot of people will take it too far and teaches individualism just for the sake of individualism. That's, that's another th- aspect. But that's perfect. It's, it teaches self-confidence. But it teaches self-confidence at times to such a level where you're obnoxious. Look, like they're, I I the agree. stereotypical the more... uh, poster child kicking uh, of what you kick around when you're a hipster is taking the those two aspects and bringing them too far. I just the miss... thing is, I'm sorry, I gotta make this one little rebuttal. I, I think it's a matter of, and I do think you put it very well. It's a matter of in, that individualism. A lot of times, is being attracted to what's different which I don't think should be devalued. And a lot of times, the hipster bashing lumps that in. I agree, but I also miss the days when I could like a stupid thing because it was stupid and that's it. Like, sure. I miss yeah, when yeah, Strong Bad was, the, was the, the, the domain of the nerd. Yeah. The, the, the edgy, the weird, the outside was the domain for the edgy, weird, outside individuals. It's almost like you feel that's shifted? Yeah, like it's become mainstream. The mainstream individual thinks that the outside edgy or but is that just your perspective because that was 2004? That uh, more like 99. Uh strong bad? No. no. Yeah, I was still in no. high school. It was not as early as 1999. I was in high school. I, I, I know when the years was it was not that early. 2000, 2001. Matt, can you confirm any of this? Um, I watched Strong Bad regularly while I was in high school. I graduated in 2001. Oh! Oh, fine. Guess I caught it a little bit late. 
Yes, you did. Yeah, he did. We actually have brought that up on the podcast before that you discovered um, Strong Bad a little late. Strong Bad is an online web series that was just weird. It's still there. Homestarrunner.com still exists. I yeah, think it's, they still a, it's a weird. It's a weird series. It's that cute, was that cute. was one of the first real lines of when Newgrounds was becoming popular. When Newgrounds is a great example was for the weirdos that spend too much time on the internet. Right, but I want I want to save this conversation for another with, time. Well, also from the uh, from where it's kind of going. I feel that, you know, you're using that one cartoon as an embodiment for an entire generation. I'm using it as an example. Silly. As an example. As an example of... Newgrounds is a great website. You're using it as an example for that brand of nerddom, which you feel has been outmoded. Yeah, to mainstream. Is that bad? I miss being is a nerd bad? and being on outside of society. I guess that's what I'm saying. So that's you're, hipsterism. I know. So that is hipsterism. So you're an idiot. I miss being unique. So you just unquote. you just became a hypocrite in the course of this conversation. Oh, I never profess not to be a hypocrite. I've been ah, called out so many times. Let's get no no okay. That's We're done. We're done. We're done. I've always said I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I've given you plenty. What are we trying to prove then? That hypocrisism is is a common thing. <laughs> Words are hard. Uh, anyway, back to the actual topic we were talking about. I can't stand Rush anymore because. <sighs> And, which I never really I liked. I hate how he just made the whole last several minutes, like, meaningless. <laughs> we were on something completely different, dude. I know, but it was something interesting. Okay. I can't stand Rush. Because right. one of my exes, who was nuts, loved that music, and I didn't like it to begin with, or I wasn't a big fan of it to begin with, completely divorced. I still can't listen to it, and that was got to be eight years ago. Close to. Okay. At the same time... That same relationship called me to fall in love with indie music. So we're just going to name examples now? Is that what yeah, this is going to Yeah, we're going to go back to it. Just name examples and everything? Okay. I mean, all right. My most recent break. My most modest, recent. Modest Mouse was a little bit... I, I never I never grew to hate them. It was just something I couldn't listen to for a while. I went back. I was always able to go back. You know what I think it is? Just to boil this down to its core. Music is an incredibly personal thing. Because of that, I think in some ways we all have this desire to feel that our music is our own. Yes, we, we like sharing it. We like someone else to feel what we feel for a certain amount of time. But if that's just simply not going to happen, if we're not going to have those kind of connections, then it, it's time to look for something else that matters to us. That's why we're, we, it's a lot of throw out the old and bring in the new around breakup time. It doesn't happen with everything. You know, some, t- some stuff, Decemberists are actually an example. I'm going to bring up them. I know John hates when I bring up the Decemberists, but I got it. They're a band that has actually been with me through almost every single phase of my life since uh, since high school. I think they are very, um, because of the fact that their music is so ballad-worthy, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not like, oh, I like that song for its meaning to me. How am I going to find that in the Decemberists? How am I going to find, how am I going to find a song such as, uh, Almost every single song there has sort of this 19th century feel. How can I relate to something like um, a baby being left out in in a river? Like, how can I relate to something like that? Like, these these are such old-fashioned things. That is a weird example. The, the, the Decembers can be very off the wall at times. I don't hate on the Decembers. How can like I relate this... to a rape in many? How can I relate to that personally? That's tough. 
Right. I would hope that you would not be able to relate to that. Because that would be unfortunate. How can I relate to my mother birthing in a... Either that or he should go to jail. How can I relate to my mother birthing in a small ravine? That didn't happen to me. No. The point is, it's a story. And it's the tone that they that they provide, which for me transcends any any phase of my life. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, with, it's healthy to have a certain amount of that music. Yeah, it's of not course. Like, yeah, something, that's me. Something like that is actually going on right now, which... I've been, uh, I've said this multiple times, I've been an avid All-American Rejects fan for as soon as I've heard the first song in junior high. Um, I'm now realizing that Kids in the Street is changing as an album for me because I grew so in love with it with my ro- and had my most recent, recent breakup uh, during the same time. And it is a song of uh, an album that represents love and this was... Growth. Yeah, and it was a really hard breakup for me. And I realized that while I thoroughly love this album, it has completely changed in its tones over the last few months. That's uh, what I've been saying for a while. I mean, it, it's important how music grows in you. That's not to be discounted. Yes, but also sometimes it doesn't change. There are certain bands that... Even if I go back to the band, there's certain song. There's a song by Breaking Benjamin called Rain. This song will always be the representation and embodiment of my relationship with this person. And I can still, to this day, not listen to that song. Not because I get upset, but just because if this song were a person, it would be her. Because that was one of our songs. The cliche, our song thing. But it really was. Uh, I got a you song like that. I got I'm a gonna... song like that. Alright. Uh, my first major relationship when we were exploring things, we would always listen to the radio and Lola would come on mm-hmm. almost, almost every time. Lola or Layla? Lola, Kinks. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so I can't listen to that song without remembering that part, which is actually kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'd equate it to? It's like, you know, personal here. I mean, let's face it. We're, we're, we're animals. We're just creatures of instinct. We can just talk and comprehend. That's object, not at all where I'm going with this. Object permanence and all that. You ever have that instance where a smell reminds you of something from years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Just a whiff. Then all of a sudden you're brought back so many years. Yeah. I've had that, you know, with... with just to some, just like a person scent. Then all of a sudden yeah. you come across it. Maybe Absolutely. it's the same perfume. Maybe maybe it's just the right combination of the right smells at the right moment. You smell it, and your heart is just crushed. Yeah. Crushed, because it brought you back to that time. In an instant, all of a sudden, you were right there where you were. That's okay. the way it is with music a yeah. lot of the times. I'm, I'm a little offended, because I grew up with Italian food, and how can you... I've told you the meals, and how... And I'm almost speechless, because... Yes. Yeah. No, you know, on levels. Uh, olfactory, do I know? Olfactory sense is very important and very underrated. I'm sorry to all out there who have like you know severe allergies. Grow up with can't smell good things. food. But th- it is actually proven. This has been. Um, there's been studies done on this that olfactory sense is probably the most related to memory. Wait, are you saying that we link? <laughs> Incredulous mad voice. Hate incredulous mad voice. That's okay. I hate dictionary Steve voice. And, I haven't even done it today. And most of John's voices. His whole being, really. The... I can accept that. Um, yeah, Point no, is, you get it. 
You get it? Yeah, you see absolutely. how this is related? This is really more what it's about, and almost more so than, than music specifically. Dude, every it's time... It's about these kind of associations Every time I listen to Neil help, Young, but I, I think of playing cribbage with my dad growing up. Every time I listen to Neil Young. That's it. That's me with Billy Joel, my father. I think of growing up and sitting with my dad as he taught me how to use a tape recorder, how to record music. And, and honestly, Motown, I, uh, I, I thoroughly love listening to Motown with my mom because it reminds me of growing up with her. Here's a weird one. I, there's something about Demon Days, the by, gorillas. By the gorillas, yeah. That I'm always going to be brought back to this one time. I was in high school. I was in a good mood. I was, like, taking the subway through Brooklyn. I was just meeting a, a group of friends. And it was just a really, really good day. And everything about that album puts me in a good mood now. It makes me think of just a solid time in my life. I've got an exact example and of that, but the opposite. There, there's also the images that go to it. Also, like, yeah. like it, it, it has a New York vibe for me because of where I was at the time that I was listening to it. I felt very independent at the time. It was like a, it was like a growth thing. I see... I see, like, the sun going down. I see, like, nightlife starting to crop up. All these things, even as vague as they are, they're so vivid in my head. Whenever I hear just, like, a sound on any any sound on that album. That was me with... But for different reasons, back in high school, my freshman year, I always say that Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, their first record, is the soundtrack to my freshman year. Because I listened to that album over and over again on my disc, man, going to and from school. In fact, when I hear Paper Cut by Linkin Park, which is the intro track on that record, it immediately brings me back to taking the 54 past Giffords Lane on Staten Island because that was the bus route I took to get to high school. The Mark, Tom, and Travis show by Blink-182 is my high school soundtrack. And Disturbs... Uh, the Stupefy is my college down with the fratern- uh No, the song Stupefy oh, the song. Okay. is my college fraternity drinking song. I hear that song, I immediately think of beer pong. Coldplay, parachutes, sparks, yellow, spies. These songs, Hawaii, Hawaii, senior year. You still listen uh, to Coldplay because of this? <laughs> Try staring at the. His voice, I'm sorry, but it's very, very... I, I mean, like Viva I did not pull that on Matt when he said Linkin Park. Yeah. I could have pulled that on Matt. I let him have his moment, you let him have my moment. Listening to that in Hawaii, in a hut, just staring up at the night sky that has absolutely no clouds, like straight into the Andromeda galaxy, to his voice, I'm sorry, but that was one of the sweetest moments. Who did Drops of Jupiter? Try listening to Trains. Drops of Jupiter by Train. That song is always going to have a sad undertone to it. We all have our thing. Even though it's actually a really uplifting song. I like always Train. Gonna have I feel like Train's undertone. one of those bands that are... Until recently with um, the most recent album that I'm blanking on the name of, before that they were incredibly underrated. Because they've been around as long as Matchbox 20 and a few other bands, and they just kind of never really struck anything. Drops of Jupiter was big, but as a band, they never really got that big until... There was another most song. recently. Meet Virginia. Me, uh, Meet Virginia. Train. Yeah, that was from their first album. The, um, what the hell was the single from the newest album with the ukulele playing in the beginning? Uh, um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. No. That was somebody else. Yes, that was somebody else. Uh, I don't remember the song now, but... Um, doesn't matter um no yeah i 
And I think I just think it's weird how the human the human brain interprets things. Even the way we interpreted uh, Walk Off the Earth last week, very yeah. summery. Yeah, like very beach environment. I have a lot of those in my um. Actually, uh, I associate as tall as lions in that field, and I associate young veins in that field. And mm. they're both very different types of yeah. summer albums. Yet and I, I I associate with the summer because that's when I was listening to. Right. They're and they're they're entrenched. For me, that's that the the epitome of that is Red Hot. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I thought it was Epitome. Epitome. It's Epitome. I thought Epitome was the word, though. No. no. You read uh, it, and it's Epitome. <laughs> no, I know Epitome. I thought Epitome was a different word. No. Because no. I've heard it spoken. Anyway, Red Hot is that. Red Hot Chili Peppers? I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. If oh, it's yeah. hot out, yeah, I'm sure. going to listen to that Californication song. was another album that reminded me of high school. Cause I well, I was high uh, school. Under the Bridge. Probably the most overplayed song in their entire discography. Was not on California. I still, I, 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 no, no, no. I'm, oh, I thought you get were back talking on about topic the song for a No, the album. Oh, okay. Let's get back on breakups quickly. We already well, mentioned a few things. You hate Modest Mouse. Well, you hated no, Modest I never, Mouse. I never hated them. I just couldn't. I hate Rush. And how about that renewal, that feeling of renewal by listening to new things after the which fact? Is, which yeah, is, as I said, I got a lot folkier. Dashboard. For me. Which was Dashboard for me. For me, I went folk. Kings of Convenience. Love Kings of Convenience. Yeah. You don't even know them. <laughs> just, I don't even think you know them. <laughs> I no, I have heard them. I just can't place any of their music because it's been a while. Um, See, we've been. Well, I've been. I've been trashing but, John's whole existence with Green Day. He's got it. He's nah, got forget about that. I'm already past that. No, I've never gone back to emo or dashboard specifically since I got over that girl. I've never gone back to it. I was never in it. I, I, no, I'm saying I went through that that short-lived phase, but I I never got into it again. Just like I got out of indie after that that second major breakup in my life. Yeah, I'm not even really into indie. Like I can still go back today because I can look back nostalgically, but I'm not entrenched in indie at all. Yeah. really. Right. I now. mean, I I definitely that's done. you definitely also when you go from relationship to relationship. In theory, if you're not dating someone who's your clone, they'll have different tastes in music so you'll acquire tastes through them i got heavier into metal with one girlfriend i got heavier into indie with another you know and some of them stick like taking back sunday i really love and i'm gonna take with me but other bands that i was introduced to i don't really care for at all anymore because i don't really have to listen to them anymore and then just to depersonalize it for a second i mean there's some things that you can't you almost can't listen to because you feel that it's been done but like society has been done with it for a while right i mean not in every instance you can you can you know pick your own thing or or hold it to your heart as much as you want sometimes there's just those instances where where all right everyone else seems to be done with this music i, I it's hard to feel personal about it if you know that no one else seems to feel personal about it anymore okay you know in many ways uh what's a good example with that eh I might actually pull that with um '90s alternative, '90s alt. Everyone seems to be done with it. I, I, it's hard for me to enjoy it. Even though I still go back to things like Elliot Smith and uh, I, I still enjoy it. I just can't. I, I love can't. it. It's, I still go back to it. For me, yeah. music is so personal that if I like it, I like it, and that's it, and I have no bones about it. And, and my perfect example of that is I still 
fully enjoy most of Michael Jackson's music and most of Metallica's music. Yeah, but everybody still respects Michael Jackson's repertoire of music. But also with the 90s stuff, a lot of those 90s bands, with the exception of Eve 6, because we have proof of it, that they kind of stayed in that vein, but uh, Third Eye Blind and Matchbox 20 evolved past it in ways to keep themselves semi-relevant. You know, they're not really 90s alternative anymore. They were, but they're not really anymore. Matchbox 20's moved more pop. And and it's Third Eye so- Blind's mo- most recent album was more indie. Yeah, but the wi- the Wise and Wirehouses of this kind of thing they're almost besides the point. Yeah, yeah. It's really just a general statement that uh, we like what we like, and and that's that for yeah. for very different reasons. Sometimes it relates to us or society, or whatever. Right. Or relationships. You know how I just uh, say things that are on my mind. Is Semisonic still around? Yes. Have they evolved? Um, have they differentiated? Not really. They pretty much kind of stayed the same. Ah, oh, that's a shame. But they haven't put out a new record in a while. Oh, okay. Anyway, I, th- I, I think we're beating a dead horse now. Let me mention one more thing. Ah. Uh, no, this is very general, because it's something we don't touch, scoff. because it's just not you guys. Scoff. Classical. You still got scoff? Yeah. Yeah, you can scoff all you want. It's... It meant a lot to a lot of people. And that's where I can contradict the very last thing that I said. It doesn't seem to mean a lot, mean a lot to a lot of people today. It still means a lot to me. Yeah. I can still feel very personal from classical people. Like, very I think that comes emotional da- feelings. I think it comes down things to... Things that were written 200 years enervated. ago. Sure. I, th- I think it comes Good to work. very specific personal tastes at that point. If you're really passionate about it, it doesn't matter what society thinks. Like, I am with most 90s music. I have a ridiculously encyclopedic knowledge of 90s music because I like it. Yeah. Like I am with cartoons. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting <laughs> Let's into that. Let's go back to what Matt was saying. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. But, no, I think the, it, it all comes back to the whole me being fascinated by how the human brain works and interprets things. Yeah. I mean, that's... And it's, and, and that's, I, that's why I went into... That's, that's why, why I did so whole... many psychology and, and, but, and philosophy classes But I college. think the, the music... I wish I went into music therapy. Part of me does. Therapy? There's a, it's, a, it's a field. It's a thing? Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm sure it's a thing. My school was one of the best in the country in musical therapy. My high school was one of the best handball teams in Shut the up. country. <laughs> Irrelevant. That, that's a thing, Irrelevant. Anyway. Anyway, uh, let's uh, start wrapping up. We're running a little long, or it feels like we are. It could just be that I'm really tired. Um, do we have a wonderful fan email for this week? Yes, we do. Alrighty. Oshkosh Bagosh? Nope. Oh, you gotta find that guy again. Nope, nope, nope. Cheap Oakley Sunglasses, Oakley Official Store, Oakley Australia Online, Ray-Ban Sunglasses Sale, Ray-Ban Outlet Shop, Ray-Ban Sunglasses Sale, I don't know why that's repeated, Official Ray-Ban Outlet, Oakley Official Store, Cheap Ray-Ban Sunglasses, Hollister, Louis Vuitton Handbags, Louis Vuitton Handbags. A lot of repetition in that. Wait, and who is that by? I don't even know. (laughs) I think it all just blended in. Like, I literally forgot... Louis Vuitton. It could my... be, but buy Louis Vuitton handbags since that's probably. Well, Mister Handbags, because I think Louis would be masculine in this case. I think so. Okay, Mister Handbags, thank you. Um, please don't contact us again. He loves us, though. Yeah, I know. He does. We get a lot of comments from him. Constantly. He's kind of creepy. Oh, Louis. Um, he was talking about me showering the other day, <laughs> or about hair soap. Where's where this going? I don't know. That's why I'm just changing the topic. Um, so next week's my pick, and I'm decided to go with uh, They Might Be Giants' new record, Nanobots. 
Uh-huh. So I'm kind of excited to do that because uh, they might be giants. There are bands that I really like, but I've, I've deemed greatest hits bands. Bands that I know their biggest hits, but don't actually know their al- an album by them. To me, they are a very creative band. Yeah. I anticipate high reviews for me only because, like, come on. <laughs> this, they might be giants. Yeah. I can't even think of their music. Istanbul, Particle Man... Those words don't mean anything Istanbul's to me. Istanbul's Constantinople notes. Istanbul's and Constantinople notes. You know, you get it. Okay, they covered that? That's their song! Oh, really? Yes! Did not know that. I... Wow. I'm pantomiming now. I am leaning over. Mouth aghast. What the hell? How could you not? I didn't know they did that originally. Yes, wow. that's their song. Just the fact that you would assume they're, they covered it... Well, I thought it was a really old song. Actually, wait, I might retract my own incredulity. Okay. He could be right. That it was a cover? It just sparked something in my head. Okay. He could be right on this. Because I remember it on Animaniacs back in, like, 98. That was their version of it. You're thinking of no, Tiny their, Toons. Their, wor- their version of it was fairly old. Uh, so yes, they probably that, were doing the Tiny Toons one that you're thinking of because you're part no, of the it No, it was Tiny Toons. I can pull up the video right now. Let's it was put it this way. and Hampton. Wrong. Most that was earlier then. Most of the versions that yes. you have heard are after they might be giants, but I'm almost positive now that it's brewing in my head that it was an older track, maybe from the 40s or 50s. I don't feel so And bad. I think it was a lot slower, a lot slower than you know it. Okay. So what's going to happen here is Steve's going to, I'm putting it on him, he's going to find out and then post in the comments. I will post in the comments. Okay, cool. Um, I don't feel so wrong. So Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I so forgive that, you, Steve. So that's our album for next week. Um, of course, as always, donate, comment, blah, 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 blah. Tweet, um, toot, whatever the, the kids do these the days. Ta- tamblegrams. Tweet, tumblegram. And if you're a hipster listening to us, please send me hate mail. I still want to tell X, personally. Straight to me, John. What is Italics? J O N. You're too young. You're too I want to get hate mail. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to get hate mail. We'll see you guys next Real week. Uh, same I crash channel, still. same crash place. And right. as always, music is life. And life, life is, is good. good.